0: You are listening to sermon audio from Fort Myers Community Church. For more information about how to get involved in the life of this church family, please visit www.fmcc.life. So, why are you here? I mean, I don't necessarily mean physically, like here. I mean, you're here because someone brought you, or, or this is your church family, but... Why do we exist? I mean, that's like a deep question to ponder on a Sunday morning um, when you're like, I'm hungry and I want to go to lunch. But why are you here? Why do we exist? What's the purpose of humans having breath in their lungs? <laughs> what, why are you here? And I, I think that as we journey into this... Um, I want us to really consider and think about who we are. I mean, have you ever, like, at, in the middle of the night, looked up at the sky and just seen the, the stars and the different constellations? Have you ever looked through a, a telescope and see different planets or the crevices on the moon? I mean, we, we sit on this ball that's uh, around 8,000 miles wide in diameter. Uh, This picture is going to come up on the screen. Um, I'm going to roll through these pictures as I talk. Oh, it is up there. Sweet. I don't have it up there. Um, And so we are spinning right now at about a thousand miles an hour, rotating around the sun at about 67,000 miles per hour. Did you ever think about how fast you're actually moving in this moment? And then we sit in this, this solar system um, that's estimated to be around two light years wide. Um, that is about a, um, 12 trillion miles. And I'm considering Pluto to be in that. That's, I'm going to consider that as a planet. I know we've, we've, we've kicked him out, but I'm, I'm keeping him back. And then our solar system sits in what's called a galaxy. Galaxy. Uh, We are in the Milky Way galaxy, and and that galaxy is estimated to be 100,000 light years wide. Estimated in that just the Milky Way galaxy is 3,916 solar systems, like ours, and bigger. Um, We're just, I think that dot, like right there, um, and again estimated that we are just one of a billion galaxies. And here is the explanation. This is the scientific explanation behind how all of this came into being, all of this, these galaxies and these planets and these stars and, and the vast infinity that seems to be our universe it's called a theory called the Big Bang. I'm going to read to you the exact definition of, of what, at least Google says that is. The universe as we know it started with an infinitely hot and dense single point that inflated and stretched, first at unimaginable speeds, and then at a more measurable rate. Over the next 13. Point billion years, to the still-expanding cosmos that we know today. So here is the most logical, leading, scientific theory out there of how all of this came into being. There was nothing, and then, bang! It all came into existence. And it started with some of these organisms that, that are... Uh, going to show up on the screen. So some of these organisms are, are kind of what started to populate and grow on what we know as the earth. Um, I think I could, you know, uh, Miguel, who's on vacation this week, but I can kind of see a relative of him, like, you know, with his hair, the way he's been growing it. It's kind of, um, and, uh, and then there's more like that as these evolved, it went into something that was more of a creature looking thing. Um, yeah, I could see some similarities to some of you. Um, and it just evolves, right? They just continue to evolve. I mean, that Jay, that's, that's your ancestor right there, you know. Um, that's, that's, the, that's the leading logic, leading science. Now, why this secular science lesson? Because all of this is in stark contrast to what we just read in the Bible. A very different explanation to that being my relative um, and to what God is saying actually happened. Because at one point, there was nothing. I think that's probably where the secular science stopped getting it right. And then we jump into Genesis 1. And here we see this beautiful creation by an almighty God. Which sits in a very big contrast to what the world believes and thinks they know. So I'm going to pray for us as we dive into what the Word of God says and how he explains why we exist. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. Thank you for your Word. Thank you for illuminating for us in our hearts and our minds who you are and what you have done for us and what you have created for us by the power of your Word God, I want to specifically pray right now for uh, David Butch, the pastor over at Palm Vista Community Church in Miami, um, a, a church partner of ours and a friend. Um, God, as he has just transitioned into the lead pastor role, and they're jumping into the book of uh, John. Um, God, we were this morning talking about how he is starting in the New Testament in the book of the John, and we're starting in the Old Testament in the book of Genesis, and there's so many similarities between these things about how the Word of God has power and creates so much. And so, God, I pray that you would move mightily in their church and all of the churches in our area, Lord, that are proclaiming Jesus as the only way, the only truth, and the only life. God, thank you for partners like Summit, God, and New Hope. Um, Thank you for partners uh, like Crossroads uh, and Faith Bible, Lord. I pray that you would do a mighty work in those churches, um, that you would transform hearts and minds And for us this morning, Lord, I pray that you would uh, allow us to focus. I know sometimes we can come in here and be so distracted by everything going on in life. But I pray that you would speak intimately to our hearts through the power of your spirit. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. In the beginning, God. That's the first stark contrast that we see to what the secular world says and how creation happened. In the beginning... God, before nothing, God was there, always existing, something that you and I can't wrap our minds around because we exist inside of time. We can't even wrap our minds around what is outside of time look like. But in the beginning, God, He was there. God used His Word to create. And what He did with that Word and what He created was awesome. He used the power of His Word to create. So this is the first stark contrast that we really see here is that God's word creates with power. God's word creates with power. This didn't happen by chance. This wasn't like two molecules in the middle of nothingness slamming together and then forming all of these organisms and plants and birds and animals and humans. That evolved over billions of years. No, actually, in the beginning, God Created. It was empty, without form, and it was void, and darkness covered everything. And then there's this pattern that we see. As Kara read, I don't know if you caught it, but there's this pattern that we see. It says, And God said, and it was so. Do you see that pattern all throughout this passage in in Genesis 1? And God said, and it was so. And God said, and it was so. I mean, think of that kind of power to be able to speak, and then it just happen. I have four kids, 11, 9, 9, and 5, and I can't get my kids to move or do anything the first time I speak. Like, I would love if words came out of my mouth and they just did it. Like, that's my desire. Like, hey, can you go clean your room? Yes, Father. And they stand up and they skip off to their room and then magically it's clean. But I have to say it like 10 times. So like, I would love to wield that kind of power for me to just say something and it happens. But that's not who God's created me to be. But that is who he is. Like he spoke and then land just started to form in the midst of the waters he spoke and it wasn't this little organism that was microscopic that then morphed and evolved but he said a bass and a bass fish appeared and he said a shark and a shark appeared like he spoke and these things formed by the power of his word he said it and it was there i mean just the idea of this blows my mind That we, as mere humans, would have the audacity to not obey. I want you to sit in this for a second. Because when God speaks and mountains form, like everything in all of creation, listens to his voice because of the power of his word, I mean, he says, clouds and ocean, and they separate. And then we say, no, I'm good, God. I I don't really need to do what you said. Like, I know that you've outlined this for us, but I'm going to just pick and choose the things that I really want to do. I mean, that that, that blows my mind because I do it. Like, I'm reading this this week, and I'm going, how dare I? Like, not listen to every single T and, like, cross T and dotted I in this. Like, I'm a speck of dust on a speck of dust in the middle of a vast universe. And I'm going to look up at the God that created all that and be like, I'm good. Or, "I I think I know better than you, God. I think this is better for me in my life to do this thing. Even though you said in your word it's going to lead me to destruction, I'm still going to do this. I mean, we should be so in awe of his greatness that disobeying him shouldn't even be in a thought. I mean, people tell us to do something in life that we look up to, and we grovel. Like, our world is full of what is now called influencers. Have you heard that term before? If you've not heard that term, an influencer is somebody famous, um, someone that we look up to that uh, basically gets paid by companies to sell our stuff. Back in the day when you were turning your, uh, changing your channel by a knob on your TV, um, you had to sit through what was called commercials. And now what we have is this thing called social media and, and we take famous people and we put products in their hands and we have them sell it to us. Um, I don't know if you remember uh, a Stanley Tumbler. Do you guys know a Stanley Tumbler? Um, My dad had one of these growing up. Um, This thing was indestructible. I mean, this was like every, my dad was a, a heavy construction contractor, and this is what he put his coffee in in the morning, and he filled up the whole thermos, and then the top came off, and it became a cup, uh, and he drank it black, so he didn't have to add milk and sugar, and he would pour it in, and he'd drink it, and he'd sh- close it, and it would stay hot for hours. I mean, this was, I mean, and he would throw that thing around, never leak. I mean, he had it for years. I'm sure he still has it somewhere in like a storage unit, just sitting there. Um, and then Stanley decided to redesign. And so it became this. And these new Stanley Tumblers are the new hotness because some mom who is an influencer decided that this thing was cute. And so she bought it and posted it and was like, oh, look at this. I've got my new Stanley Tumbler. And now all these moms in leggings are running around Target, cheersing each other, right? And they're like, oh, you got that color? I was going to get that, you know, but... And they're not the greatest thing in the world. They leak. Like, you can't just throw them anywhere. Like, they have a straw, so the water just, like, falls out when it spills over. But because it's cute and some influencer said that it's the thing to have, now everybody has to go spend, like, 50 bucks to go get it. I know that sounds crazy, and that's a silly example. But this is what we do now. Humans that we look up to say something, and we just do it but god speaks and we have to think about it first oh let me let me ponder over that god let me think if that's really what i want to do with my life love one another i'll love the people i like but the people i don't like i'm just going to steer clear of god be generous god i will be but i have a 20 year plan and I'm gonna I'm gonna put forth this 20 year plan and make sure that I have enough for retirement because I want to retire early and travel the world. Um, so it's at that point then I'll be more generous. Lord, um, make disciples. Ooh, that's super inconvenient. I'm really busy in this season, and so we're just gonna you know do our thing, and and then you know maybe we'll we'll get plugged in you know when when things settle, and then the next season. God God, when things settle, and then the next season. You know, when, when things settle, Lord, I'm definitely going to go ahead and, and do what you've told me to do. God speaks and we just, hmm, maybe. I know that's heavy. I know you're all looking at me. You're like, eh. But here's the deal. God's word creates with power. God's word is power. And when he speaks, he knows what is good for us. He knows what will bring us the most joy and the most delight and the most fulfillment. Because in all these things that I'm talking about, like, when we're not doing what God says, we are unsatisfied, we are unfulfilled, we are depressed and anxious and fearful, and yet we think that we have the ability to somehow to get over that stuff by still disobeying what God's word says. Logically, it doesn't make sense. Like, logically, there's nothingness and then it just all came to being. It just doesn't make sense. God's word creates with power. And it will happen. And ultimately, every knee will bow. We will obey at some point. Why? Because God's word has purpose. God's word has purpose. Creation didn't just happen randomly. This is not a product of distraction. Do you ever get distracted when doing a task? Anybody? Raise your hands if you get distracted when doing a task. Oh, I'm in good company. Um, My wife showed me this the other day, and I thought it was hilarious. Um, This is how she relates to in life, but it's called if you give a mom a muffin. If you give a mom a muffin, she'll want a cup of coffee to go with it. She'll pour herself some. Her three-year-old will come and spill the coffee. Mom will wipe it up. Wiping the floor, she will find dirty socks. She'll remember she has to do laundry. When she puts the laundry into the washer, she'll trip over shoes and bump into the freezer. Bumping into the freezer will remind her that she has to plan supper. She will get out a pound of hamburger. She'll look for her cookbook, how to make 101 things with a pound of hamburger. The cookbook is sitting under a pile of mail. She will see the phone bill, which is due tomorrow. She will look for her checkbook. The checkbook is in her purse, which is being dumped out by her two-year-old. Then she'll smell something funny. She'll change the two-year-old. While she's changing the two-year-old, the phone will ring. Her five-year-old will answer it and hang up. She'll remember she was supposed to phone a friend to come over for coffee. Thinking of coffee, she will remember that she was going to have a cup. She will pour herself some, and chances are if she has a cup of coffee, her kids will have eaten the muffin that went with it. Yes, moms, can you relate to that? And men, we just live lives of distraction. Kids, all of our phones and these things that we have, these 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 TVs and these iPads and like it's just a life of distraction and and we're we're like honed in and zoned in to to certain things and then all of a sudden the text comes in or social media happens and then all we do is we we get distracted. From what God has to speak to our hearts and to our minds. God doesn't get distracted. He doesn't make mistakes. He doesn't do things haphazardly. Even the platypus has a purpose. You know the things that we probably hate most as Floridians? Mosquitoes. Yes, they have a purpose. Students, cell phone down. Cell phones down. Here we go. Under, under, put them under, under the chair. There we go. So distract. Notes. Okay, we're taking notes. Good. Awesome. I love it. Nice. Then put them back up. Take some notes. Pen and paper. <laughs> what is that purpose? Primary, to bring glory, bring him glory. Secondary, the purpose that God has, number one, is to, to bring him glory, and second is for us as humans to enjoy him and enjoy what he has created for us. And I, I think sometimes we forget that God created all of these things and then he takes man and he places him in the garden to keep it, to enjoy it. Like, like he's made this stuff for us to enjoy. Every human he has created in his image for this purpose, to glorify him and enjoy him and the stuff that he has created for us to enjoy is for, for us to worship him in the midst of enjoying what he has given us. So eating rich food that we love, like chocolate cake, anybody love chocolate cake or ice cream or those things, like he's, that should cause us to worship him because he has given us the taste buds to enjoy those things. Like the things that we do enjoy in life, maybe you have hobbies or sports or different things, like he has created those things for us to enjoy and worship him through those things. But what happens is, is we begin to place our enjoyment in the stuff over him. We worship the creation rather than the creator. So when God created the earth, he created it perfectly. So seeds grow and mammals weans and tides crash. Purposeful, intentional. So God's word creates with power. God's word has purpose. And here's the third thing. God's word is good. Good. With a big bang creation, all you can get is destruction and chaos because it just happened. Haphazardly, it just happened. And so when we go through, if the start was random, the finish is going to be random. We don't know what's going to happen in the future because, because it's just random. This is all just randomness that we're all sitting in. You being here today, random. You drinking your coffee, random. Like where you're going to lunch today, random. Because... Everything is random. It started out of randomness, chaos, nothingness. But if God's word has purpose, when God creates, what does it say? And God saw that it was good. And God saw that it was. All right, we're going to class participation. And God saw that it was good. 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 You know that word there? It's a Hebrew word, T O W B. You know what it means? It means beautiful. God declares his creation as good, as beautiful. We are made in his image to glorify him and enjoy him, and what he created is good. So the question then comes to mind, how does this explain natural disasters? I mean, we just got hit by a hurricane last year. There's hurricanes brewing right now, right, all over the place, and and like, how does, how does God's good creation now explain the natural things that happen in this world? Well, that happens because of what is called sin. Sin has tried to distort the beauty of God's word from the beginning of time. Sin creates chaos. Sin has destroyed creation. It's destroyed our relationship with him. It's destroyed our enjoyment of him. And it's destroyed our enjoyment of his creation. It's distorted how we enjoy what God has created. This is what sin is. And I love this quote by John Piper. I've used it a bunch, but I want to put it up there because this really articulates what sin and how sin has distorted everything that God has intended with purpose for his creation. It says, what is sin? It is the glory of God not honored, the holiness of God not reverenced, the greatness of God not admired. The power of God not praised, the truth of God not sought, the wisdom of God not esteemed, the beauty of God not treasured, the goodness of God not savored, the faithfulness of God not trusted, the commandments of God not obeyed, the justice of God not respected, the wrath of God not feared, the grace of God not cherished, the presence of God not prized, the person of God not loved. That is sin. Sin has distorted What God intended for good. And even though sin has distorted what God intended for good, that doesn't change that God's word is good. This includes what God does with His word. And what He creates and says is good is good. So as I was looking at these things this week, and I was looking at this passage of scripture, going down and seeing that that God said, and it was good, God said, and it happened. these questions popped up in my mind. Do you believe everything in the universe happened because of a random big bang? Do you believe that? Or did an almighty God create it? If God did in fact create it, does he have a purpose for it? And if in fact... He does have a purpose for it, namely his glory and our enjoyment of him. Is that purpose good? God's word creates with power. God's word has purpose and God's word is good. And here's where I want us to land this morning. God's word that is good, that is powerful, that creates that has purpose. It became flesh and dwelt among us. Where do I get that from? John 1 starts off in the same way that Genesis 1 starts off in the beginning. And it says in John 1:14. God's word that creates with power, God's word that has purpose, God's word that is good, became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory full of grace and truth. Right before that, John pens, to all who receive him, this word, who believe in his name, you know what his name is? Jesus He gives the right to become children of God. You know that picture of adoption that we just saw here? To those who believe in the name of Jesus, in the word become flesh, God gives you the right to be his son, to be his daughter. When he looks at you, he sees what is beautiful, what is good, what is his Colossians 1.16, the Apostle Paul writes this, For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. All things were created through him and for him, and in him all things hold together. So if there is a response this morning, it is this, trust in God's word, trust in Jesus. If you're here this morning, And this is the first time you're hearing all this. There is a good God who created you for a purpose. And that purpose is to know him and be in relationship with him. And the only way you can do that is by placing your faith in Jesus as your Lord, King of your life, and Savior. The only way, the only truth, and the only life. That is what God intends for you. He is wooing you. He is calling you to know him. And if you're sitting here today and you've said, yes, I've done that with my life, I've placed my faith in Jesus as my Lord and Savior, then God has a purpose for you. The gospel is not just for new believers. The gospel is for every believer, every second of every day. Because we sit in the midst of eternity, we sit in the midst of this universe, and God came here onto this speck of dust. So that you not only have life in him, but you have purpose. And that purpose is to make his name great. And so in the hard times, in the struggles, in the anxiety, in the going to middle school and high school, in uh, trying to start your career, in the midst of transition, in the midst of heartache and pain and relationship breakups and all the things that we experience in this world that may seem chaotic, God has a purpose And that purpose is for you to know him and to glorify his name throughout all of that. And so for you believers, this isn't a one and done. This is you trusting in him every second of every day. When you are weak, in your brokenness, in your hurting, in your pain, in the chaos, To know that you serve a good God who creates with power, who has purpose, and who creates what is good in and through your life. Christians, too often I think that we look ourselves in the mirror and think that that we are nothing and we have no use and God will never use us. And you see your quirks and you see your shortcomings and you go, "Ah, I can never be used. And that is saying more about what you believe about your God than you. God has a purpose for your life, and He will do it. God doesn't go around picking the cream of the crop, He works through ordinary people to make His name great. And so, if you're sitting there today and saying, Yeah, but you don't know, I have this addiction, I have this problem. I'm not very smart. I'm not very gifted with my words. Your God is bigger than all of that. Moses wasn't good with his words. Paul wasn't known to be this like, super strong guy that went around and like, like kicked, kicked in doors. I mean, he, he was known to be a little bit weaker than that. The disciples weren't the sharpest tools in the shed. God had a purpose. And because God was behind who is his sons and daughters, then you know that he's got a purpose for you. So your trust is in Jesus. Your trust is in him and him alone to do a work in and through your life for his glory. So as you glorify him and obey his word, you will enjoy him in a fresh and new way And then the things around you that we get to enjoy, this world, his creation, the mosquitoes, like we get to enjoy this this stuff as an act of worship unto his name. Because we can so easily just spend our lives complaining about all the bad stuff and miss all the good. What God created is for his good and his glory. And he invites us to worship him through it and worship him in it. So church, do we place our faith in Jesus as our Lord and our Savior? That's why we worship him.